0: hey all you trek live crew members this is trek live dan just wanted to say thank you for dropping by the podcast feed just a friendly reminder that this podcast is recorded live first on our youtube channel so definitely um, stop on by to join the discussion without further ado enjoy the show
1: and we're live for episode 159 of trek
0: live how you doing this morning dan doing great excited to be back talking about star trek
1: yeah, we were off for last off last week. Uh, took a little break. Um, really excited for the topics that we have kind of charted out for the rest of March. Yeah. Um, starting this week with talking about continuity in Star Trek. Kind of a general. Not really sure where we're even going to go with it. I have some ideas in mind, like things I'm curious to talk about, uh, but not as we are one to do. It's not like a super structured, like planned out uh, topic. Um, it's a general starting point, and uh, I'm, I'm eager to look at like how the different shows used it within their own like confines, like continuity within the series, continuity of the entire universe. Because uh, I feel like those are two different things. Oh, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Um, especially the later you get in in, in the series, like the, the more recent stuff, and even like the later vermin stuff, um, when there's more. Universe continuity to play with. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, but uh, like we always do, let's check in with each other's rewatches.
0: Um, let's do it. Where are you in season four of Deep Space Nine? So if you guys remember correctly, I believe the last episode that I watched was Armand Bashir, which is episode nine of the fourth season. Over this okay. two week span, I had watched Homefront, Paradise Lost, Crossfire return to grace trying to stick to that two episode two three episodes a week i this this the middle of season four of deep space nine it 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 started off really strong season four started off really strong it just keeps carrying the momentum hey there hasn't been a bad episode in in a good long while i feel like even um episodes that i came across that i had no idea what i i <clears throat> kind of knew what i was getting myself into um in the back end of uh this but uh Homefront and paradise lost uh i didn't remember much So it was nice to see that with fresh eyes um great political take on uh, some great stuff that happens um <clears throat> and then crossfire and return to grace to me are two solid episodes uh in themselves. So I think I can't not much to complain about here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I I would agree. That's a good run. Uh Homefront and Paradise Lost is a really big deal, I think. Uh important two parter. Uh really key look at paranoia when it you know when, when you know leadership and government operates from a place of fear. Uh, you know, how, how easily you kinda of go down a dark road. Big time. Um yeah, really really strong stuff. Great Cisco uh character development with his dad. Oh big like, the, the Cisco restaurant. Family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They really the, the homebound Earth based stuff there is really strong, I think. Mm. Um some good guest stars. Odo's got some great stuff to do. Yeah. Um really really highlight Deep Space Nine and so specifically Deep Space Nine. Like Deep Space Nine would tell that story. Like that's so Yeah. their vibe and so consistent with the premise of that show and the kinds of things that that show wants to talk about uh, you know the darker side of Star Trek and um, you know the cost of having this you know bright new future like the, 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 that it's not always perfect and um, the struggles that you have to like overcome to maintain that um, you know if Francisco and the, this crew doesn't come along to like straighten Starfleet out you know this how, how quickly could that have spiraled into exactly. you know a longer running problem. Um, yeah. So I, I love those two. Crossfire, I was kind of talking to you off air last night about that being like a classic example of an episode that I was not into when I was younger as a teenager, as a kid, but as an adult who's so had some life experiences and seen friends do things and yeah. just just the real world stuff uh, informs a lot of, you know, my change of heart with that episode. I think it's really good and a good rock solid, like just adult drama. About real life crap that that um, people deal with, and yeah. I, I think that's a pretty quiet, understated, and like you talk about the Star Trek Swiss Army Knife. Think about like the big picture continuity kinds of things that Homefront and Paradise Lost are doing with like establishing more things that are going to come with the space sign stuff, and then Crossfire is like such a little teeny quiet intimate character drama uh the the yin and yang of back to back this huge two-parter and then this little teeny thing that you know seems so insignificant in the grand scheme of things but yeah does some big things for you know important characters Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that's the beauty of deep space nine i think is that it can do both of those things so well
0: yeah for sure how's every watch going
1: it's going i finished tng uh that's behind me uh you can find thank you you can find on uh our Discord server, if you're a member, or if you'd like to become a member, and on Twitter I posted it as well. Uh, full episode ranks and letter grades and all that good stuff. Um, so that's behind me. Of course, I, we've talked to Ad nauseum. I think you can probably go back into our archive and find whole episodes on all good things. I feel like we did some pretty in-depth conversations about yeah. everything. <laughs> uh unbelievable classic. It holds up really, really well every time I watch it. I think it's it's just a tremendous achievement um, as, a, as a finale that has to final for the show but because there's a movie literally around the corner that's already written they can't shake up the dynamic too, too much Like yeah. it has to be self-contained it has to end at a point where you can kind of go off and do anything unlike what many of the other shows all the other shows except for the original series really have done where they, they, they when they final they, they put done. a button on it like yep. there are things, it's, it's a, they shake up the dynamic at the end of the show um, so to have to walk that tightrope I think had to be a you know, there's a high difficulty level there, and I think they pulled it off really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Stewart is you know, yes. at his absolute best, I think, in that.
0: Stud as usual. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just a great episode um, and a great finale. But uh, season two, I remember you talking about wrapping up really strong. I totally echo that. That late run of like. The Maquis or blood oath through the end with things like the Collaborator and Crossfire or uh, crossover and crossover. Wire, yeah, um, Maquis, <laughs> uh, the Gem of Dar at the end, just really strong stuff. In in season two, I feel like when I watch season two, of Deep Space Nine, it starts really well. I think it has th- that opening Three parter and like Necessary Evils kind of in the front end. Cardassians is in the front end. I really like that episode. Some good stuff at the, at the beginning kind of middling in the middle there like kind of dips into a little some growing pains for sure (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. similar in what i think enterprise kind of does in its second season it starts strong it has this period in the middle where there's just a lot of kind of average stuff not a lot of real standouts um and the stuff that is stronger in that run is is even that i feel like is kind of just okay but feels stronger because it's surrounded by so much Real middle of the road stuff and then yeah. you get to the end and it really starts to hum a little bit there's, oh, yeah. a, there's a consistent run of, mm-hmm. of hits uh there to kind of wrap up the season and i definitely see a common pattern with the way i react to uh enterprise and deep space nine second seasons okay um and I, i'm into season three now the this weekend <laughs> i've watched uh, the search parts one and two uh, the house of quark and equilibrium oh. and um yeah, it's a, a good little run. You know, I, I, Equilibrium. I have mixed feelings about. I, I, it's it's fascinating to watch it now. Um, I, as I was watching it, it, it really, I, I because of the Discovery season three stuff with Forget Me Not. I, it, it, it adds, There's like some additional importance. I feel like there. Yeah. And it is it is a really big deal for Dax and you know establishing mm-hmm. more backstory and more you know real-life stuff for the Trill society. Um, you get to see those caves and what it's all about and the Trill home world and all that stuff. Um, but I, I couldn't help... I think, like, In my opinion, I know a lot of people out there would disagree with this, people who maybe aren't so big on Discovery. I think Forget Me Not is a far superior episode if you're just looking at those two episodes back in Like the, the two trips to the Trill home world. Yeah. Uh, I think Forget <clears> Me <throat> Not is a much more interesting, exciting hour of Star Trek than Equilibrium, which I think is a little sleepy at times. It's good. I mean, like it's it, I think it's it's perfectly fine. It's offensive. There's nothing inherently bad about it in my opinion.
0: It's not it's not a misfire, but I think it's more middle of the road. road. Yeah. 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 Uh I, I do love House of Quark though, because it's it's one of those yes, ones where it's like really great. is it a is it a comedy? What is it? Um I think it's a great pairing to pair uh Ferengi with Klingons, uh, I think it's just a great, just fun hour that I really do love. Yeah, the, the extreme
1: polar opposites of Klingon culture and Ferengi culture. Like, yeah. watching Klingons get upset at, you know, Quark pushing, like... Uh, ledgers and financial records to like explain away the problem and try to solve the problem. And just seeing like the, that reaction instead of like, just fighting Klingon's it up. all, like yeah. trying to read these, yeah, is really great. The, the and I think it's a big moment for Quark to like show courage and like mm. stand up to that Klingon guy. And um yeah, I, I think I think it's one of Quark's best episodes. I really do. I mean, I think we were talking about this off air too. Quark, I think. He's a really great character, one of my favorites. Uh, because he's complicated, he's real. Like there's there's recognizable human qualities that are contemporary, people things that like we deal with. that are very real in our world that are really embodied in Quark. Uh, but I think a lot of the episodes that really drive or driven by Quark are inconsistent. I think a lot of the Ferengi episodes are
0: kind of a mixed bag. Doctor Crusher esque type of. She's got great yeah. moments, right? But. Seldom do we some, see uh, a standalone episode where it's really great. Really great.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are some misfires in that run of character-centric episodes. But Quark has a ton of great moments and he has great beast stories and great standalone little scenes and episodes that aren't necessarily his focus. Mm-hmm. And he's got some great episodes, Little Green Men, which I know you recently watched. And I think also Quark is another one that mm-hmm. really does some great things for his character and um, makes him such an attractive character for the for the run of the show, even when he's not the focus. Yeah. So, definitely a big fan of House of Quark. And search real quick, I'll just say, I think I think it's good. I don't love it um, as much as many other Star Trek 2 partners. I think part one's really strong. There's some exciting action with the rollout of the Defiant and that first big, big action time. sequence when they're, you know, trying to covertly find the Dominion and they get found and they get blown away, basically. Uh, there's some... And Odo's got some really... You know, deep character stuff that's really going to set him up for the for the rest of the show obviously, you know, there. But I think part two gets uh, is, is, is important. It's certainly high on the important scale, I think, if we're doing like see it or skip it in the way that you do it. Uh, talking about what's important and what's not. Uh... The search part two is clearly really important. It, it, it's really driving home uh, Odo's relationship with his people and what this mm-hmm. whole dynamic's going to be, uh, what the Dominion are going to be like now that we're actually talking to the Dominion. Uh, but I'm not—I've never been in love with the twist at the end of that episode, um, and uh, even a lot of the scenes on the, the Founder's planet, I think, um, aren't the most dynamic or exciting. But like the, the dialogue between Odo and the female shapeshifter in that, so I don't think are as, as compelling as I wish they were. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's good. It's important. It's, you know, certainly, certainly, you know, essential deep space nine.
0: Uh, but I, I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't call it my favorite.
0: Yeah. I would have to agree. I think it, I think you're right. It did. It does, uh, will fall. It does fall, fall into my see it category, but I think, um, as, if I look at other two parters, I would prefer other two parters, uh, and above these ones, just because again that twist at the end for me is probably the one that brings it down. But
1: yeah, I agree. Yeah, the two parter you just watched is far superior, I think.
0: Which is so technically a not a two parter. Part which I, I got not some I, I got some flack on Twitter for um, because I, mm-hmm. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's one of those deep space nine does a ton of that that the, they don't use the part one part two, but just to be continued at the end. So. Yeah, there's an argument to be made. Enterprise does it too later on.
0: Yeah, Um, it plays into the continuity uh, of the show. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh,
1: With that... Real quick, before we... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I I was just going to say, before we transition completely into the topic, Cyber Honey and Ian are in the room... Mm. Good morning to you both. Ian, I know it's good afternoon to you. Uh, Cyber Honey says I rewatched season three of Discovery. I'm jealous. Okay. I also want to do that. Um, I'm constantly fighting the urge at this at this time, to
0: Bill bay. Uh, to to yeah. make that myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I, it started to show Star Trek continuity. I also watched uh, Naked and Alan Sarek, which are two mm. examples of continuity from uh, The Next Generation for sure. Big time. And she also mentions Quark uh, grew to love over time, particularly in season two, Profit and Loss. Rules back position. I don't know why, but I enjoyed his romantic storylines. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's get into it with uh, Star Trek continuity, uh, and you know, it's it's kind of like I think it's one of the qualities that kind of makes Star Trek a unique animal, uh, because of the fact that it's so big. There's so much of it, and there are these various series that take place at like mm-hmm. different points along the timeline, and the things that happen in series a may affect series b or c or d uh, like the, that's that's kind of like a, an inherent quality that is is a foundational element of, of star trek that it has this like world building emphasis uh i think it's been there since kind of the beginning i think the first step in my mind it's like establishing that this was going to be a territory that star trek was going to play in was the menagerie with the original series that you know it took the time to like establish that this is a ship with lineage and there was a captain before kirk before and a crew kirk. before yeah. kirk and some of the people on the ship may have been around on this other crew like spock and had experiences predating all these other people and uh you know that there is a history here, and that, that there are things that happened before. It's not just completely self-isolated. This is like an anthology hour, and <laughs> with no consequence for things that come later. Um, you know, TOS is certainly an extremely episodic show by its nature, and because of the time Fair it came so. from, like it wasn't a serialized. The serialized television was not. A thing. Uh, a thing on primetime tv in the 1960s really <laughs> as far as i know uh so you know it, it's certainly not that but i think menagerie was the first uh sort of nail in 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 the board that would say you know this is a show that's going to deal with you know a lineage of of stories and characters that run over time yeah uh so it's been there since 1966, I think. Yeah. I think it's why it's become such a big identifying element of of, of track.
0: I and and to to go to maybe a bigger <clears throat> kind of just a, a comment before. I think science fiction in itself has this inha- inherent quality of of keeping continuity, right? If we think of like other uh, science fiction stories, continuity is definitely in the forefront. So I think. <clears throat> Yes, I think Star Trek was definitely the, uh, definitely broke ground, uh, definitely on, in the TV side of things too. Um, but I think even sci-fi in general is, is, um, continuity is big and just, yeah. And things like that. So, yeah, I think I definitely echo the TOS. It definitely started, um, it started down the path. Um, you know, we think about Space Seed, and then we get into uh, the Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. and things like that. Right. So, it definitely, from the very beginning, continuity was like, okay, this is going to be a pillar, a staple of this kind of series. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Khan into into Star Trek Two from Space Seed, and you know, the clear like sequelness of that. You know, that Kirk decides to mm-hmm. leave Khan on this barren wasteland of well, actually, it yeah. wasn't a barren wasteland City at the time. Alpha. Yeah the Alpha was originally a, a planet with some potential and natural disaster yeah. and that's where all the Rathacon stuff comes from but you know Kirk leaving him behind and the, the consequence of that decision coming back to haunt him in the Wrathcon is clear continuity and uh, that I think that's another early example but I think an underrated one that maybe doesn't give as much pub is you know I, I think the Star Trek movies in general Star Trek 3 and beyond Star Trek 6 his like relationship with the klingons even is is like a, a piece of i think his 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 bitterness with like obviously in star trek six you know he's he's dealing with overcoming his own prejudice and his own experiences with klingons and a lot of that's driven by david his son in star trek three and all that but yeah I, I i think i read into it that it's even more than just that there was a lot of bitterness before that i mean he's even in klingons, the original the series career. yeah in the original series, and yeah. it was like Iron of Mercy and Dead Dub. Yeah. Uh, he's got these these issues with clans that are really like, difficult adversaries. There's 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 bad blood there, like legitimate bad blood that goes back generations, uh, and, and and years um, into the earlier part of his career. So. I think the movies more so than the series uh, outside of like the menagerie and some little teeny there are some little tiny references like Spock says things in episodes like By Any Other Name or reference something he did in A Taste of Armageddon like there's little things that are thrown out yeah. there, thrown out there, like uh, pieces of continuity. But uh, once you get into the movies, there is a, there's a little bit there if you if you look for it. Within obviously within the movies themselves, two, two, three, four is certainly a kind of a mini series. it's six even mm-hmm. it harkens back the things that happened in two, three, four. Um, but uh, I, I look at the. Kirk relationship with the Klingons as a thing that even kind of starts with the original series. It's head canon, partially for sure, uh, which is a whole other thing. Like what's, mm-hmm. what's 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 head canon and what's real canon uh, or continuity? Um, yeah, but these are kinds of elements that I think kind of establish this yeah running theme of continuity throughout the, the franchise.
0: Well, it's it's tough because there's there's big continuity elements, but there's also small, little, minute, little. Uh, things as well, so that's 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 a great point. Uh, I think that there are some continuity elements that carry over to, like the Klingon, like our relationship with the Klingons, right? We're they were dealing with that in TOS, and all the way up to Deep Space Nine, they're still dealing with, you know, the Klingons and stuff like that. So uh, I think you're definitely right there.
1: Your e. Mixon's craziest theories actually just starts out a really good one. Uh, another one that kind of links movies with. The original series, the biggest continuity thing in TOS was the ship's discovery of slingshot time travel, and that is true. And tomorrow's yesterday, the whole way that they get back uh, to the 23rd century from from the Earth it was slingshotting around the sun and that's that's the that mechanism and, that they yeah. use in Star Trek 4 yeah. to go back in time and to come back forward in time. So great call. I did not think of that and that is hundred percent a a piece of like pulling from the canon the continuity uh, to to Create this theme of like togetherness that I think makes Star Trek a uh, such an attractive thing for people who like that world building. I, I want to live in this place in this yeah. universe.
0: Uh, yeah. Quality. So great to call and welcome. Yeah. As well. But the tough thing is, is <clears throat> uh, I'm guessing there was some pushback because. They couldn't go too far into the continuity where they had to make they had to you had to watch the previous episode to watch this one. So I think there was some definitely some pushback of not to not to do it too much, but also I think that's what makes Star Trek so timeless is that the the continuity elements like that.
1: Yeah, no, it's always (laughs) a fine line to walk. I think Uh, you know I'm sure even now. You know, with the current stuff, the the challenge is always, like, how, how much of it can we use and how much, at what point does it become detrimental? Like, at what point are we turning people away because it's just too much to absorb? And if, if you're not, you know, somebody who's lived in this and knows it kind of met like back of their hand and has, you know, quick recall of things that happened across these shows, mm-hmm. if, if you don't have that, you're kind of, you know, fishing with that net. That is is always going to be the challenge and uh I, I think like the TOS movies and uh I, like the beauty of I think Star Trek 2 is the way it's written the way it's presented I think it certainly helps to have seen Space Seed like it's it's a cool thing to have in the back of your mind but I think it even kind of works if you sat somebody down to watch Star Trek 2 the rapid oh time, easily without Space Seed I think or any Star Trek bad, in general blog, yeah yeah, you don't need it. I, I think I think it works, especially Star Trek Two. I think Khan's monologue on Seti Alpha to off tells you all you need to know about the anger and the 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 the, 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 uh, the exposition about why he's so angry mm-hmm. and you know why what's about to happen is going to happen. And yeah, you know, it's that's the fine line. You you can't is cut off your nose to spite your face. You can't have it be yeah. such a driving force that you need it. But you, if, it, if it enhances for the people who have it, it,
0: it, that's that's. Is there is there elements that in Star Trek where you find that the continuity is too much? Is there stuff in Deep Space Nine that's that's too much, too connected that you have to watch it? Is there stuff in season three of Enterprise where hey, you you need to see this before you watch this? Is there stuff like that in Star Trek? You think?
1: I think it's really hard to jump into. I would imagine that it would be really hard to, to to get the full effect of season three of Enterprise by kind of jumping in at like episode ten or episode fourteen and just kind of running with it. You know, you're going to be playing a lot of catch up and you're you're operating without a lot of context. Uh, I think Deep Space Nine kind of the same deal. You, you plop in in the middle of season six. It's probably going to be an uphill battle to to appreciate it for you know it's it's to to its full. Uh, potential. And I, I think Discovery even some of it, uh with it being so identi like Burnham's character being so um identified as this member of the Sarek Spock yeah. family. Like if you if you walk into Discovery without any knowledge of the original series especially uh, I, I, I don't know. Like that's that's an interesting I haven't really
0: talked to anybody who I've has a experienced it that like, way like, like that to try to think about that in a different way because um i think you're right i think there are some and but the thing is though i feel like there are some people there are some fans out there that do jump around like this they they may have seen it when it was first run and they caught an episode here or there um so i think it definitely happens um so yeah i just wanted to ask you um kind of moving on uh which uh series does continuity the best and what does continuity the worst <laughs> and maybe we can this is kind of intro into talking about continuity in, in each specific series like we kind of touched on TOS we can talk about TOS sure. too but um,
1: yeah, at TOS I'm very comfortable <laughs> kind of like leaving where it is and having leaving it with what we just talked about because okay. there's not a whole lot there I think what we talked about is kind of what there is uh, unless somebody in the chat's got like another example like ER. Nixon's crazy theories had something else that like yeah. is a cool reference, uh, but um, I, I think I think the one that handles it the best and is the most comfortable with it is Deep Space Nine. I think they walk the best. Uh, the, 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 I think they have the strongest balance of kind of a mix. If you if, if like I kind of just said if you look at like season six of Deep Space Nine, I think it's got a really nice. Balance of there are elements in the story that are clearly serialized, and it really would help to be oh, yeah. in in it in it and in, in the continuity and aware of the Dominion stuff and all the baked in character long running arcs and things like that. But there are episodes that are more traditionally one off. Many of them, and I think of like statistical probabilities and the Magnificent Ferengi, and wall, like these are standalone stories. These are not. Like, yeah, completely art based you need the last episode to function at all in the next uh, it, it, there are many 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 standalone stories mm-hmm. um, but Deep Space Nine by its nature of having to stay in one place and having things come to them and are left with things as opposed to we solve this problem to the best of our ability and work off and find the next one Yeah, that many of the other shows are inherently designed to do yeah um, it, they're, Deep Space Nine is so committed to long-running character beats, like character development, um, political intrigue with the Cardassians and the Bajorans mm-hmm. and the Dominion, like these these societal, cultural things that are happening around the station and around those characters. Yeah, I think. Um, I, I, I think Deep Space Nine is the one that. Has the happiest balance and m- makes it a part of its own identity um, and commits to it um, from beginning to end.
0: Yeah, uh, I would have. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think uh, you, they definitely commit to it. You know, the writing uh, is definitely there, but also just like you said, the premise of the show, right? This they can't. Like just warp off and go to the next, uh, you know, problem. Put out the next fire. They they're kind of stuck in it. So um, I would definitely agree with that.
1: It, it's the show that, especially if you cut it off in Discovery, <laughs> pre-Discovery, because that's that is a modern show. So what I'm about to say, of course, like the newer stuff's going to fit more but of the tos through enterprise shows i think deep space nine's the one that you could like okay here it is on netflix for a you know a, a, a modern person watching tv the way people watch tv now binging you know old shows that's the show that's going to be the most like bingeable
0: yeah uh well that's that's how storytelling and tv shows are now yes but you Most know commonly, but yeah. even in berman era i feel like it was still more um kind of one-off things there wasn't as, yeah. as as you know long there time. was a constant yeah there was
1: there was a constant resistance to going that way even as tv by the end like the, by the time enterprise was on I think with 24 and you know lost was kind of premiering on the tail end of enterprise like clearly the momentum was shifting toward ser- serialized storytelling uh, more long-running you know stories mm-hmm. uh but i think there it was so early in that um transition that you know a, a lot of things star trek included were kind of resistant to embracing it wholly um so there, there's constant like Pushback, I think, and if you watch like behind-the-scenes stuff and you read interviews with people like Ron Moore and and Brandon Bragg and people who are writing on these shows, the, I think there was a lot of desire within the writing room, writers' rooms, and on the writers' staffs to <clears throat> embrace those things and to 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 commit and go with. Because Star Trek, like we were talking about at the beginning, it's so kind of foundational and it's so ripe for that stuff with yeah, the continuity and the, yeah. the, because of the timeline element of it, it's so. In the bones of the concept of the series as a whole, the whole Star Trek, uh, that it's very tempting for writers to like want to want to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there was constant push and pull, and I think Deep Space Nine is the one that kind of flew under the radar and got away with the most of it. Yeah, uh, with more attention on TNG and then Voyager, and Deep Space Nine kind of always being like sort of the, the stepchild that's flying under the radar. It got away with. Mm-hmm. Throwing hints out of the Dominion in early season two and not revealing them until, you know, the end of season two and slowly building that. And yeah. Things like that, I don't think uh, you don't see that in the other shows, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, yeah. Uh, what we got here? A lot of comments. Uh, yeah, lots of. Go with TNG, Cyber Honey says I'm gonna go with TNG. There's a reason to keep going back to these characters of Brian Worf uh become mainstays in Deep Space Nine uh as the best with continuity. Uh I, <laughs>
0: there's there, there's some there's go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that, I mean there's some elements, there's there's a few series uh in Star Trek that um that uh I feel like you have to look for uh Continuity. I think there's there's definitely continuity in TNG, and then even there's continuity in Voyager, and pretty much every show. But um, I think it kind of tips the scale on more one-off things, uh, at least in my mind. But yeah, yeah, I, I would I would agree. Yeah. I think I think there are some really good
1: examples of continuity within the Next Generation. I think Picard's relationship with Q. There's some there's some cool growing elements there uh, you know, I think worth there with the Klingon stuff. Yeah. The Klingon the sun, background. Yeah.
0: Being, yeah. Being, You're right. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah. Yeah. There are things, but they're, they're subtle and they're not, you know, major elements that the show really leans on. They pull them out every so often. His relationship with his son, Alexander, like there are, there are things that are kind of mm-hmm. returned to there, uh, as well. Um, but I, I think the next generation commits more wholeheartedly to the episodic uh, structure. Um, but yeah, there are Q, looks on a Troy, the right a, a lot of the characters that turn later on in other shows uh, is, is is the next generation certainly a a a uh, a source of a lot of continuity, like a lot of the stuff that gets pulled back,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, in in other shows and future stuff and. You know, Deep Space Nine and Voyager is obviously all coming from the next generation. So there is uh, a lot there. Lower decks, obviously, even later on. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian mentions it's, it's hard to imagine watching lower decks without uh, seeing everything else. And I would agree with that. That's something that I've long struggled with. I know I know people who, you know, put their friends in front of lower decks, mm-hmm. and because it's a comedy and it's light, it's animated, it's an adult swim kind of uh, concept. Um, but I, I'm often like, I don't know, like would somebody get that? Because uh, the humor is so same with
0: Picard, I think. Yeah, it it would be tough to, to maybe put, <clears throat> I mean, I've, yeah, the stuff with Soji and, and well, but still, it's it's still built off this this um foundational kind of show. Right. That's yeah, it's that's that's tough. It's I think I think the story is
1: <clears throat> maybe accessible enough, like on its most basic level. Like this is an older guy who's after his career he's got a lot of mixed like he's got a lot of a lot of bitterness and they they use flashbacks at the beginning of remember a lot of those episodes like open with a flashback to something in the past like yeah. i think they do enough to like make it accessible but i i picard is another example i think yeah of it's it's really hard to imagine getting a whole lot out of that without at least some appreciation for the next generation and who picard was i think the whole kind of emotional pull of that show is the change of that character like knowing what he was on the bridge of the Enterprise D and the E uh, and seeing him now and kind of seeing the fall from grace as far as not his own makeup I think he's still the same guy and he's got the same values but Everything around him has changed, and what does that do to him? I think
0: that's the whole kind of pull of that show. And uh, but we without that context, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna how, say, if you haven't seen the, the, well, or, yeah, or, oh, maybe you have seen it, but not in a long time, or you haven't seen all the movies, right? It's, I think you don't get it as much out of it, right? If you haven't seen
1: it, yeah, you kind of need nemesis with data because that's yeah. a huge element of that show. That's, and that, that's kind of the thing. I, I think maybe another discussion to have. I didn't quite answer the. what do I think is the the show that handles it the the least well or the worst? Not sure. I I don't know that any of them I would, uh, a lot of people would say Voyager because missed opportunities of some of the continuity elements there. But I've always kind of thought that there there's kind of more there and you have to do some legwork and some headcanon stuff to connect some dots and be willing to assume a lot of things are off screen, uh, and be willing to accept that. But I, I, yeah, I think I think Voyager has more there than meets the eye, and I'm satisfied more with some of the continuity elements of, of Voyager uh, mm-hmm. than than many are. Um, but th- that's there's certainly a conversation behind the way these new shows, um, oh, yeah. the, the, as this as the franchise continues to grow and you get further and further away from the, the beginnings. And I think uh, with for, for obvious reasons, those earlier shows, the Next Generation, the original series. The continuity is just kind of like what came before it, and there's not that much that came before it. Like there's not as much of a a canvas to play with. The yeah. further away you get, when you, you got get three into, seasons to you build know, off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, you get into 2017 and Discovery. You have you know five shows in the pipeline and 13 movies and 55 years of. Or fifty years of of, of history to, to, to like, draw. pull from. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You have all these. They call them legacy characters now, and legacy moments. These things that that, that are so, you know, kind of enticing to um, incorporate into your story mm-hmm. uh, because of the richness of the whole thing. That it, it becomes almost overwhelming to to avoid it. Um, so, I I think. The new stuff is its own kind of animal. and
0: mm-hmm. uh, Well, again, the landscape has changed. Uh, the, yes. the new shows do um, definitely dive into the continuity a little bit more and weigh heavily on the show. But I think the landscape, this, this is the landscape of today's kind of culture and how we view things, like it, the binging, uh, like you said, uh, style of, of how people watch things is... Um, kind of just plays right into the hand of continuity so uh i think <clears throat> a lot of people ask the question of um which which would you rather have would you have a, a more of a uh kind of one-off thing with little bits of continuity sprinkled in uh i.e maybe like a a tng or, or something like tos or something like that or would you have kind of the other end of the spectrum of the the Deep Space Nine, more serialized, relying on continuity a little bit more. Say, or even Discovery, season one. I think it's it's really really heavy. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just an interesting kind of question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think the beauty of it for for people like us who, you know, love it kind of wholly is that it's it's nice to have both. It's nice that there are shows that have kind of a vanilla and have a chocolate. You have mm-hmm. more standalone you know, episodic structures where you really get the Swiss Army knife uh, qualities of romantic comedy and then drama and mm-hmm. then thriller and then horror. Like, you get all that stuff, and that's easier to do in a episodic TNG kind of like structure, mm-hmm. Voyager structure. Original series structure. And then one of the things we always kind of talk about with Discovery and the, the newer stuff is I, I think they're finding a really cool way. And we've talked about a lot. You know, season three, I think really did a good job of incorporating Bounce. that Swiss Army knife idea and finding ways to give these episodes unique qualities and mm-hmm. to, to, to have them have their own vibes and and, and, and aims at so you know, what kind of stories they're telling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's a more challenging thing to do. There, I, when I watch episodes of Deep Space Nine, even or the original series or TNG, that you get an occasional episode that you go, I just can't imagine how like these new shows would do this. Like, how would they ever do like the House of Park? You're just never going to get that in a 13 episode, 14 episode, 15 episode season. Yeah, in a really in a structured A, B, to C. You know, you got to get from here to there in your story. Like, the, you kind of lose that um, that opportunity to. To, to to tell these real one offs and and to really go off the beaten path on a tone level, um, yeah. So I do miss that, but I do also recognize the current
0: landscape, you know,
1: yeah. landscape of TV and what people want, and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and I find it satisfying, and I think it's important to constantly evolve and change and not not be you know stuck in your ways and doing things the way they were doing them in 1995 mm-hmm. at the same time you know like yeah. uh, again and then it's not like that stuff's not there there's 750 some hours of you know yeah those shows
0: there yeah, are there connected. always will be continuity <laughs> <laughs> right
1: and yeah
0: yeah for sure um but i think again this kind of go back to like i think the the premise and how the show show is set up can kind of see where we're going to go with continuity um as far as level of because uh, i think um again like we said back to you know deep space nine that the the, the the premise and the start of that show is building off this uh, kind of continuity thing that happened before, like the, the occupation and then things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, Wolf through the even like, yeah. it is pulling from things that happened in the next generation, yeah. But I think, um, there is also different types of and not just story continuity and what had happened before, but also there's character continuity, right? That we've kind of seen, right. um. You know not just in uh, in those shows but um it, continuity within characters and how they change and how they what had happened before so it's not just a premise yeah. right there's there's other levels of continuity for sure
1: you're absolutely right i think the the, the way that the character arcs are built uh and and the way that Change is, is presented through the characters. Like, and when you ask, like, which show does it the best, I think Deep Space Nine does it the best because of the way that the character arcs are presented. I think watching Kira, an emissary, and watching her in, in that last run of episodes where she's on Cardassia teaching the Cardassians to fight a resistance style, you know, uh, occupational, you know, the, the, that, that journey that she takes is so well charted and it, it, there are necessary beats along the way to see that change uh yeah ups down in in, yeah, in the middle of the season yeah there's yeah. ups and downs there's relationships that change with important characters and you know, the, the the uh same thing with odo and like all, all those characters have real arcs that are clearly you know um Presented uh, top to bottom, really all of them, where you know I think that's made easier because of the nature of the structure of that show. Where in a show like the Next Generation or Voyager, because it's bouncing around so much and but, the, yeah. the, the the go ahead, I'm sorry, yeah, right. I, I wanted to. Right.
0: but I think there's also some uh, there's some you know continuity elements to push back on that. I think I'm not taking away any. Anything from the Kira character, I think she's got a great arc. Uh, definitely ups and downs. Great, they do a great job too. But with the Doctor and Voyager, it's the same. It's the same thing, right? The, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we definitely do get continuity elements uh, there for sure. Sorry to interrupt you, but um, yeah, those are the things that I think in those shows you have to look for mm-hmm. different levels of continuity, right? There's, there's obviously, there's clearly uh, Voyager will get knocked for not being as. Uh, serialized. And maybe we're kind of dancing around that. What's the difference between continuity and serialization? Um, but the, mm-hmm. the continuity of, of uh, this character arc with the Doctor I think um, is definitely one of those things that an element of, hey, this Voyager does do, has some continuity as well.
1: There, there definitely is. And I, I would... I would- Defend Voyager to the hill Because I think there are multiple characters that have Real journeys uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and strong character arcs My dad's in the room and he mentioned Tom Paris For sure kind oh, of yeah, big time. I think he's got a great arc I think the Doctor, like you said I think Seven of Nine and her four seasons There's a clear
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of um, Journey that she's on I think Janeway changes over the years, yeah. and the way she reacts to her crew, and the way she did, she manages her command, and the way she sees you know the the, the role of the captaincy uh, is is constantly evolving. Um, you know, the, the, it's there, but I think. Like I'm starting to say, I think the structure of Deep Space Nine makes it easier to. That's true. You're right. Yeah. Pull many characters that way. I think with with the structure of the Next Generation and Voyager, and even Enterprise, because Enterprise got cut off before it really started to lean into those qualities of serialization and mm-hmm. longer running character arcs and things like that. It, it you get spottier results. You have these examples of. Tom Paris and Seven and Doctor and Janeway. But then you also have Chakotay and you have Harry Kim and you have even maybe Tuvok, where there's maybe less of a definitive, like, ooh, I can see this. I can see this beginning, middle, and end. Like, there are are great moments along the way. All those characters have good stories and have good moments and are, 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 I I think, effective characters. Your mileage may vary on some of them, but they're not... It's harder to, you know, find the... The stories within the episodic structure that serve that character arc,
0: as consistently as you know much I mean? as they do in in Deep Space Nine and then the later yeah. shows, especially. So yeah, right. you're. you're and totally I think
1: right. because because Deep Space Nine's in one place <laughs> and things are coming to them, and they're constantly dealing with things that they're sitting in uh, and not just bouncing around. It's just easy. It's just there's just so much more. Opportunity there for, there's a casualness to deep space nine too. They're living on this thing. They're just kind of living casual life because of the nature of the way the show is set up. These guys work their shifts. They go to quarks. They have a beer. They, yeah, they yeah. hang out. They go to the hollow suite. <laughs> they have like casual life is presented really as, as a major forefront. You think about like where where does the action on deep space nine take place? Like where do you see the characters the most often? The promenade, yeah, the on the station. In their yeah. quarters, like, yeah, and even on the, like, by the end of the show, like, you, maybe not where you are right now, but uh, it always kind of strikes me when I'm watching, like, first season, second season of Deep Space Nine, there's a lot of stuff in Ops. By the end of the show, Ops isn't, they, you don't see Ops that often. Yeah. Like, they don't spend a whole lot of time there. You're in yeah. Cisco's office more often with Reese talking to somebody. You're in, you're in Quark's. you're on the promenade, you're in the hallways, watching people just kind of, like, walk around do their thing, not, like, just sitting on the bridge or in Ops plugging away at consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I think Deep Space Nine has the structure to allow for uh, that that character based continuity to really sing. Um, but uh, real quick, I would just say I mean I've gone on this spiel many times, but I think Voyager does have a lot of good stuff. I think that the the the, the Jane Way Chakotay stuff is juicier, meatier than I think many people give it credit for. I think you have yeah. to do some of the work yourself, and you have to assume some Big things time. happen off screen, and you have to assume things are going on in their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, there are, there are clear drives that both of them have, and, and differing viewpoints on what they would be willing to settle for. I think is more Mm-hmm. Kind of along for the ride and sees the value of being together. And if it takes forever, it takes forever. Janeway's more obviously driven by get home. And I think those kind of values put them in different positions when they get to points like Scorpion, and they have this 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 dilemma in front of them about which way do we do this? Do we try to push forward at all costs, or do we kind of loop around and make it take longer? chicote is always going to err on the side of well, if it takes longer, it takes longer. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think there's a there's an obvious comfort level that he has with the dynamic as-is that's different than Janeway's, and I think part of that is his uh, interest in Janeway and what he'd be willing to do, and you know, Janeway's obviously in a completely different headspace. Uh, so th- there, are, there are these meatier things that are that are there if you're willing to fight yeah. and, and chew on them yourself. Um, they're not presented on the forefront the way Deep Space Nine would. Um, but and then, like, you mentioned the Doctor. I love the arc of, like, Kes in the early seasons teaching yes. the Doctor yep. to be a person and to, to teach him those values and how to be a friend and how to, how to you know, uh, be a fully functional person. And then Kes leaves, and the Doctor kind of picks up that baton and teaches Seven those same lessons. I love that journey that, that you see. Uh, so th- there's continuity in, in Voyager. Is, I think it's an underrated element. It's... You know, not as focused on it as Deep Space Nine is, but it's it's there if you want to see. It.
0: Is there? A, but is there a certain beauty underlying continuity in Star Trek? Like I feel, I feel like we do. We've we've mentioned it on here, obviously, how much we do love Deep Space Nine and how the continuity is on the forefront and things like that, especially in the new shows. But is is there an element of um, beauty, and and sometimes you miss that um, subtleness? Like I feel like you can never be, um, never be happy and content with. Because um, I feel like some of the, the knocks that I give the Berman wow, I miss. I wish it was more, there was more continuity, and now with this continuity machine that we have with Discovery, am I constantly wishing? Well, man, I wish we had these Mm -hmm. these underlying things, these one-off stories that had a little bit of continuity sprinkled in. And now we're getting, and now we're gonna get that. So I I think it's just Mm -hmm. kind of a fun back and forth thing that uh, I see those kind of fandom kind of go through. So
1: yeah, for sure, I think that's a natural thing, and I I can speak as somebody who lived through that era and watched the shows as they premiered in the, the late Voyager Enterprise, people were starved for that continuity and they wanted that yeah. so bad. And now you, you, you see the exact opposite. You watch Discovery and one of the things you see people complain about is I kind of miss the, one, the one-off. Now we get Strange New yeah, <laughs> Yeah, and now <laughs> Strange and Worlds going to come along and do it and people yeah. probably complain that it's not, you know, yeah, it doesn't take enough advantage of
0: Con- the opportunities. Comedy. The yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you, you can't win. And the, the, the beauty is that in my opinion, the Star Trek does it all. Like it has it all and it's mm-hmm. different iterations and that they're not all one note, uh that each show has its own unique personality. Um so uh so,
0: so, good. With that being said, like I kinda wanna reword that question of I asked, what's the best, what does it the best, and what does it the worst? Because I think even there's beauty in the worst. Um, yeah. So I, sh- I should have maybe reworded that question a little bit better. Because I, I find a certain beauty, and I, and I like to be able to especially with voyager to be able to do that legwork i want to put it under the microscope and, and be able to look for things like that and bring in right. my head headcanon bring in uh we haven't really talked about it but the literary stuff into my kind mm-hmm. of headspace and continuity searcher continuity so
1: yeah right there's a lot of desire for all of that for yeah. sure out there uh, ER's, ER Mixon's crazy theories talks about a lot of several uh, definable loose story arcs in Voyager uh, the Kazon arc in season 2 I oh, completely yeah, yeah. agree I just, just listened to the, flyers, the the stuff that runs from Seska leaving the ship and becoming a part of the Kazon crew and mm-hmm. uh, episodes like Maneuvers and the whole arc with the, the traitor on the, on the Voyager and yeah. Jonas and like there, there's, a, there's a lot going on there, there with serialization uh, in, in the early part of Voyager Kazon, Hirogen stuff. That that's very connected. Um, they give a piece of technology to the Hirogen in season four, and they get bit in the butt in season seven as a result of that decision. Uh, and then the Borg, obviously with Seven and uh, the Borg Queen and her kind of obsession with getting Seven back, and like there, there, there's there's it's there, it's there. It's I think I in my I've always kind of taken the position that the the kind of completely comparing Deep Space Sign and Voyager and saying Deep Space Nine's a hundred, Voyager's a zero when it comes to these things is kind of a lazy argument. Yeah. Like it's just kind of that's that's not true. I think there's there's a definite case to be made that they are very different and they handle it differently and yes. that there are missed opportunities. On both sides i think to some degree uh with their approaches um but especially with voyager i think there are things like an equinox when they take those crewmen on the ship the fact that you never see those crewmen again like, or the, even yeah, the maquis earlier
0: in the earlier seasons, the
1: stuff, yeah. of course right there are things that deep space nine would have done differently that writing staff would have done differently if they oh had yes control the show yeah uh and I've, I've always been you know hungry for some of those things but to say the Voyager doesn't have it or the Voyager's not successful because it doesn't do those things. I can't You're go along. Right. Yeah, I don't agree. You're right. Uh, Cyber Honey asks an interesting question, I guess, because we were talking about Janeway Chakotay. Which of these three is best? Uh, can't choose. Cisco Kira, Janeway Chakotay, Archer DePaul, Paul, kind of the three recent Berman show captain first officer relationships. Yeah. It's an interesting question because uh, they all have their kind of interesting unique elements uh i love them all Um,
0: there's one that i this left off this list that i is there's definitely some continuity there as well in tng uh yeah 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 i don't know if it's a love interest so to speak but their relationship is definitely um yeah and
1: i would Cisco Kira, I don't think there's an ounce of romance there. Yeah. Um, Archer and Paul, they play a little bit with it at the beginning. I've long said, you know, Archer to go with Enterprise, real quick because we haven't really talked about it. Um, <clears throat> Archer and Paul's relationship is maybe my favorite thing about Enterprise. When I, when I think about why I love Enterprise, I like the. The evolving relationship of the humans and the Vulcans, as presented through the evolving relationship of archery, Trek, like their connection, yes, their time. ability to overcome each other's prejudices about the other, each other, and yes, to become a cohesive unit and to 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 embrace the difference of each other and uh, become a better whole. That is Star Trek to me. That is like the beginnings of the Federation coming together. That is the beginnings of Star Trek. That's that's like the pre- that's where the premise of the show is like yeah is achieved, I think, through that microscopic look at Mm -hmm. that idea, the Vulcans and the humans coming together and figuring out a way to work together is is so foundational to that show, and I think it works as a foundational element of continuity the whole Mm timeline i love 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 that um but all the art the jamie chakotay stuff the difference in those two characters and their growing relationship and evolving dynamic i love that stuff i think that's really underrated um cisco kira the obvious you know cisco being the The emissary emissary. and the way kira is kind of wanting to embrace that but needing a distance like i love those
0: yeah um because they they kind of dance with it in the show, like Dude, how do we keep how do I keep it professional with working with a religious figure, you know, in my right. beliefs. Uh, I think they do a great job with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, somebody who I see in two different lights. He's, he's the captain, but he's also,
0: you know, the emissary,
1: the emissary yeah. of the prophets. Like yeah. that, I love when they explore Kira's uh, dilemma with how to work with Cisco. Yeah. Uh, and you just watched it. Up, so starship down. And it does that down. a it's lot. Like a,
0: yeah. That's like, a that's, uh, there's, it's like an a, or the a BC plot, uh, it's, which, it's, which I love. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they, they come back to it, uh, here and there. And I really appreciate when they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and to real, just put real quick, put a button on enterprise as a whole. You know that enterprise is certainly like a unique animal because it constantly kind of reinvents itself. The first two seasons, I think, are very similar to like the next generation and Voyager, probably more like that with the the real emphasis on the the, the more standalone episodic stories. There is there is a little bit of running character arc. For sure. there's there, some kind sure, the but area. it's more subtle. It's very it's, subtle. It's more recognizably TNG and Voyager than Deep Space Nine, I think, in the first two seasons. Season three, they completely...
0: they turn that on its head. Yeah.
1: They turn into 24 and have a single singular thing that starts and ends kind of within a season. Yeah. And it, it becomes much more Deep Space Nine-like, I think, like season six, season seven, Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. with, a, with, a, with a clear conflict yeah. that has to get resolved this season. Uh, and then season four, I think they kind of find the mix of, you know, bouncing around with these mini-arcs, but also having, like, this overrunning arc of... Continuing to work toward the Federation, baby steps, and uh, you know, growing the relationship with other important role players, players in the in the dynamic, the Andorians and Telerates and the Vulcans and Klingons, even I like turn Bob, yeah, yeah, right. I think I think it Enterprise is, is 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 a whole unique animal with the way it changes and the way it, it, it reinvents itself and the way that it sees continuity no even mm-hmm. uses it. We're we'll gonna call it there for over an hour. I um, think so.
0: Yeah, I think we we'll call it there. Um,
1: yeah, this is a conversation that could go on forever. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you could certainly. I think we could fill an hour with just talking continuity about each individual series. If you wanted to,
0: we could. We could an, just kind or of or an era to we could, or, yeah different era. We didn't stuff. really talk about the Kelvin timeline really with continuity as no, well. True. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think we'll. There'll definitely be a part two or three for sure with this.
1: Yeah, we'll double back and continue this conversation because it was a lot of fun i think we, we i love getting into these conversations that allows us to touch on each show and kind of look at the franchise as kind of like a big whole thing mm-hmm. as opposed to you know just one little sliver of it from one yeah. show i uh, really enjoyed it and i think there was a lot of good input from the from the chat uh, that i really appreciate a lot of people yeah. uh, chiming in and kind of steering the conversation which is
0: we love real quick i think just just one more point that i want to make i think star trek as a whole definitely made an impact on science fiction Uh, i think what we're seeing with star wars in particular they're building off continuity and now they're doing these one-off tv shows that are putting things uh, under the microscope telling these one-off things building off the continuity that has come before it so and I feel like Star Trek is to, to blame for that, and and then that's not a bad thing. That's a that's a good thing. I think um, other shows and other franchises need to take notes. Uh, which they have. even like even uh, Marvel and stuff
1: like that. Yeah, that's, I was just gonna say that. So yeah, I think the MCU is definitely kind of getting into that territory where they have so much continuity, and they they're kind of walking that same tightrope about how much of it to embrace and how much of it not to, and what's too much. I think one of the things that you know, a lot of conversation. I haven't seen it because I'm not totally. Up to speed on the MCU is WandaVision is a huge deal in pop culture and right now. A lot of people are watching that, and one of the things I hear from people on is if if you're not totally into the MCU, if you're not like up to speed and you haven't seen it, it can be really confusing. You don't have all, the whole picture. Yeah. So I think that's an example of there's a show that a lot of people want to see and it's a big deal, and some people are struggling with it because it, you just don't have the context if you haven't like lived in this universe. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of thing I think Star Trek's constantly. Kind of reckoning with as well. Uh, there was some talk earlier on about like lower decks, like and we we kind of touched on it, like putting somebody in front of lower decks. You know, I, th- I think there are a lot of people. Like if you put a Star Trek fan next to a non-Star Trek fan in front of lower decks, you'd have one person who's like really laughing at it, and somebody who's kind of like, "What's going on?" Yeah, you're like, "Yeah, the, yeah not in on the joke." <laughs> and I'm that's that's the challenge, and um, it's going to continue to be the challenge. And one of the things, like the MCU and now Star Trek for sure, Star Trek before it, is the the more of it there is. And the more of a canvas you have to play with and reach back to, the more tempting it is and the more complicated it is and the more challenging a task it is to like take advantage of it in a way that isn't off-putting to people that... Are intimidated by i have to watch 800 hours to like get up to speed so i can enjoy this little half hour comedy sketch like yeah adult comedy you know cartoon
0: uh is that their that's, goal that's tough. Yeah, at the end of the day <laughs> hey we want yeah, we I I you think want it probably you to watch watch more Track. <laughs> if it may,
1: if i you know Kind of like with the Kelvin timeline, if, if it achieves that, if it makes people go, you know, I, I like this, but I kind of want to get it more. And it forces them to go back. And it, it, I am it, like, a product
0: of that. I am. Yeah, Yeah. it works. Worked on you're me. one of many. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, thank
1: no, God. this yeah. is a really fun conversation. I, I, I really <clears throat> uh, thank you to everybody in the chat for kind of contributing and making it a, uh, a group. Effort to kind of tackle this. There's there's more to cover. We didn't even come close to touching it all. Um, this is an ongoing uh, conversation for sure. We'll have to double back and maybe compartmentalize like a little that. bit more and look at look at the continuity conversation in, in more targeted ways to continue on. Uh, okay. So yeah.
0: Again, b- real quick before we sign off, next weekend we're going to do be doing a trek after dark. Um, mm-hmm. I'll let Bill explain kind of what how that's going to work, but. Um, yeah, definitely be, we'll be back uh, next week with some more uh, great Star Trek content along with Trek After Dark, so.
1: Yeah, so Trek After Dark is a uh, Discord-based, uh, if, if you're a Discord user, uh, video if you want to audio if you want to if you just want to chat like with, with keyboard and mouse and behind a behind your monitor without being on you, you can do that too it's a it's like a group call uh where we everybody who's on the server that wants to participate just kind of hangs out we watch episodes as a group mm-hmm. we uh play trivia we just kind of casually hang out and uh talk about life and yeah. it's it's a really cool time we, we, we've done it Quite a few times now uh, for the last few years and mm-hmm. try to do it every couple months. Um, if you're interested in something like that, um, you can DM me on Twitter if you're not already in the Discord server for us. Uh, I can get you set up and get you an invitation to... Um, get yourself in a position to participate in, in something like that yeah. but again it's, it's a really casual hangout if you if you're comfortable being on video you can do the whole shebang be on video chat and interact that way but if you're not or if you don't have the means uh you can join the call and just kind of could be on your phone too. watch and listen and yeah it works on your phone it's a mobile app or it's a computer app whatever you have um but it's a, it's a really cool way to get to know uh other fans uh in a, in a more personal like relaxed kind of a way yeah um and uh, it'll be on Saturday, uh, a week from yesterday, at probably around six o'clock Eastern time. Is usually when, started, usually when we start. Usually when we start. Yeah. Yeah, but that's open to debate, and that may change. So, keep an eye on uh, Twitter, and if you're in the Discord server, certainly on the chat there. Yeah. Get all that situated. Um,
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That being said, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we'll be back next week. Next week for some great structure content. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Hey, this is Trek Live Dan again. Like I said before, the discussion does not have to stop here. Come over to our Twitter, Facebook, and our Discord channel to keep the Star Trek discussion alive. See you guys next time.